Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I'm your host. Hey, today's title is How to Be Like Mother Teresa. So Mother Teresa had no job title, she had no money, and she was honestly part of a dying organization. Yet she had huge influence and she really helped to change the world. So I'm going to share with you kind of a compilation of four types of coaching clients I've worked with and the limiting beliefs that they had that really kept them from being able to have influence with other people. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of their background, but also give you a few tips on how to live life using some of the same principles that Mother Teresa did. Okay, enjoy. Let's get started. Hey, how in the world can you be more like Mother Teresa? Okay, let's talk about this. So Mother Teresa had no job title. She had no money. Uh, and quite frankly, she was part of a dying organization. But she had huge influence and really helped to change the world. Why? Well, I think that there are several myths about leadership and influence that really keep people from having the same impact that Mother Teresa had. So I'm going to share with you four examples of common coaching clients that I deal with when working on leadership. Um, success leaves clues, so does failure, right? So I'm going to share with you a little bit of their story. So first of all, let me just say these are not actual people. These are more compilations of people that I have put together um, from working with hundreds of coaching clients. So um, they, they do have general categories. Uh, and so as we go through, I want you to think about who is that me, right? Can you identify with any of these four characters or can you identify with parts of each one of these characters? Okay, so I'm going to share with you those four people and then we're going to talk about, okay, great. Now that we know, you know, what's wrong. Okay, let's talk about what's right and how can we move forward? Okay, so the, the first person, the first um I guess character in our story is Martha the manager. Okay. So Martha believes that because she's a manager and she was promoted for her skills that she aut has automatic influence. Okay. Um, she rests on that fact and really sometimes she takes that authoritative voice a bit too far. Okay. And her people are just starting to really not like her. Okay. Not like her as a person, not like her as a boss. Now she's excellent at getting stuff done, especially when there's a, a preset system or a process going on, right? Managers are great at systems and processes. Leaders are great at leading people. So, uh, you know, for all of these reasons, her boss saw potential in her. And when it came time to fulfill this position, they reached out and they said, Hey, would you do this for us? However, because of her lack of ability to build relationships and connections, she really lacks true, deep, and meaningful influence. Okay? Her people are going to listen for a time, and then they're going to ignore her. Okay? So, you know, when she came to me, this is, this is where she really was, um, and thankfully, her people hadn't tried to, you know, mutiny yet. So that, that's good, right? So that's Martha, the manager. Okay. So now let's talk about Eddie, the entrepreneur. So Eddie is 
you know, first of all, he believes that he is blessed with great ideas and the drive to make those ideas happen. And he is. He, he started several businesses uh, pretty quickly, and, and from the outside, it looks like it was a pretty easy process. He loves finding a great business uh, that, that might need a little bit of work, turning it around, and selling it for a profit, okay? And the quicker, the better. Now, he feels like he has a lot of influence, and, and he, he sees that he's changing the world, at least his small corner of the world. And while he might be changing his community, people rarely come to him for advice or help or seeking service, okay? Unless they're doing a deal together, they really don't seek him out. Now, he tends to see opportunities and not people. So Eddie's going to continue to make a lot of money. I can assure you of that. However, due to his lack of being able to connect with people on a deeper level and really committing to serving them, he's not going to live a full, rich, deep, and meaningful life. And he's definitely not going to inspire other people to live that way either. Okay? Eddie the Entrepreneur. All right, so our next character is Priscilla the Professor. Priscilla, the professor. So um, Priscilla has five degrees. Um, she was headhunted for a position as um, a, a lead, um, I guess you could say, professor at a prestigious university. Okay. She really got to write her own ticket, meaning she gets to pick the classes she wants to teach. She gets to pick the research project she's going to be a part of. She even gets to pick when she's going to go on sabbatical. Okay. So she got to pretty much do whatever she wanted. Now, Priscilla really believes that because of uh, all of these perks that she gets, she must have great influence. However, her teaching partners and her students defer to her opinion in front of her face, and they do something completely different in the background. Okay? And, you know, she's a little frustrated and annoyed and doesn't understand why, why no one will listen to her. And so she just kind of chalks it up to this idea of stress in the workplace. And so she goes and she takes another sabbatical. Now, everybody around her is really happy when she takes that sabbatical. And she's happy when she takes that sabbatical. But when she comes back, you know, everybody is kind of frustrated and overwhelmed with her. Now, she never figures out that the best way to influence other people is through serving them and listening to them. She truly believes that she should be the only one talking unless she is with a colleague that is at least at the same level as her. Okay? You know these people? I know I do. Okay, so the fourth character in our story is Cecil the CEO. This is one I see a lot. Cecil the CEO. So uh, Cecil has been in the CEO position for almost five years, so he's been around. Uh, he doesn't like people, and people don't like him. <laughs> Everyone knows it, and the work of the team is really suffering. So Cecil blames his people when something goes wrong. Um, he kind of throws them under the bus with the board anytime something goes wrong. Um, never steps up to really say, oh man, this was my fault or I could have done better in leading them. Um, his leadership team actually has stopped meeting regularly because the meetings were so toxic. Uh, everybody was getting very stressed and just said, forget it, we're not going to do that anymore. 
Um, and quite frankly, Cecil believes that his leadership team is broken and the only way to fix it is to get rid of everybody. Either get rid of everybody or have somebody come in and fix them all. Okay. Now, you know, here in the next six months or so, this team has a, a product that they're going to be launching and it's a pretty significant product launch. And when Cecil came to me, it was pretty clear that he didn't know how that was actually going to happen. Okay. So he, you know, has about 10 years until he's going to retire. He's just trying to wait out his time. And quite frankly, he's losing people left and right. And again, he thinks it's everybody's fault. Okay. Now he has used up all of his influence years ago, uh, even though he has that title of CEO. Okay, so those are the four characters in our story. So why aren't these people who have titles, positions, degrees, and knowledge more influential? See, they had more than what Mother Teresa did. How come they're not more influential? Honestly, because they haven't learned key concepts, okay? That leadership isn't about your position or title or degrees or what you know. It's about influence, right? Now, let me tell you this, I could, I could spend a whole week with you just teaching you about how to increase your influence, but nobody's got time for that. So I'm going to give you a few quick tips. Now, let me clarify. So the tips I'm going to give you are quick in that it's going to take a quick amount of time for me to share them with you. They are not quick in that you're going to just go and do it and all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. I'm going to share four tips with you. And one thing I would highly recommend you to do, first of all, is just ask yourself, how am I doing with each one of these four, right? So you could do a, a, a you know, one to 10 scale, one being low, 10 being high, how well am I doing? And then you could sort out between the four, which one um, do I, you know, which one do I score the highest? Which one do I score the lowest? And what's my plan for improvement? Okay. All right. So the first quick tip is to really serve others, okay? Find ways to serve your people. Now listen, one of the things I told Cecil when he came to me was this idea that you need to serve people. Now knowing where he was and what was happening, I knew I couldn't have him kind of go into this like coaching position where he was serving somebody and empowering others because he wasn't there. So I said, start small. And he said, well, how do I do that? I said, okay, let's, let's say you're in a meeting and somebody at the table forgot to bring their pen. Can you give them yours? That's an act of service. If you're, you're walking into the office and there's somebody behind you, can you hold the door open for them? That's an act of service. Okay. It doesn't have to be a huge monumental thing. It doesn't have to change their world. You just have to get into the practice of using your service muscle. Okay. So get into, um, you know, that, that idea of trying to find as many opportunities to serve others as you can in one day. And if you're competitive, if you love a, um, a good competition, keep track of them. Okay. And see how many you can get in one day and then track it, you know, for a week and see what you can do. What's going to happen is that as you practice that service muscle, you're going to get really good at it and you're going to find ways that are beyond just those small ways. You're going to uh, eventually increase your influence so much with other people. You know, you're, you're going to be able to do things, maybe not Mother Teresa like, but you're definitely going to be in a better place than the four characters in our story. Okay. The second tip is to listen. 
listen, one of the common denominators amongst all four of these characters is that they did not know how to listen. They want other people to listen to them, but they don't want to listen to other people. Now is the time to really practice that listening, okay? Listen, you can, you can go and search a bunch of our podcasts and everything for, for ways on how to increase your listening, but it boils down to this. Are you willing to listen? Are you really willing to listen? Okay? So being quiet and listening to another person, uh, sometimes people will say, especially if you're in a position of power, um, I don't need to do that, right? You know what? It takes a lot of power and strength and control to be quiet, especially when you really want to say something, okay? Practice that skill, okay? You can practice this anywhere you go, at home, at work, in your community, okay? That's a a skill that you can literally have in your back pocket at any time. Okay, the third tip on increasing your influence is to show up. Okay, not just in, in body, but in your soul and mind, too. I can't tell you how many of these characters show up to meetings in their body, but they're not engaged in what's happening. Okay, when you show up and you're fully present, people feel that energy, and you, you tend to give off a lot of influence that way. Okay, I can promise you this, that anywhere where Mother Teresa showed up, there was an increase in positive energy, and everybody loved to see her. Okay? If you're only showing up in body and you're not actually showing up and being present in the moment, you're missing an opportunity for influence. Okay? And then the last one, keep your promises. You know, there several people, um, actually two of these guys, I know for sure, um, these, these characters, don't know how to keep promises. You know, influence is based on trust. And when you lose trust, your people eventually stop following you. And here's the thing, if you're a leader and nobody's following you, guess what? You're just out for a walk. Okay, if you're a leader with no influence, you're just taking a walk. So don't make promises you can't keep. This might require you to hold off on a decision until you can go and kind of count the cost, right? Do I have enough time, enough uh, money, enough resources? Do I have the, the team members in place to make this thing happen? Okay, it's better for you to delay a decision because you're counting the cost than it is to say yes and then hope that you can do it. Okay, don't, don't, don't lose trust because if you do, you lose influence as well. Okay, all right, so start here. Don't wait to get into one of these four situations or be one of the characters in this story. Start small. And for those of you who are out there that I know you're listening and you're young and you you don't necessarily have a, a job or a position yet, these, all four of these things, guess what? You can do them now. I don't care how old you are. Um, you know, I, I've got children that are 11, 13, and, and almost 16. There's no way that they c- couldn't do all four of these. It's never too early to practice your influence. Hey, thank you so much for showing up today. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm so glad to spend some time with you today. I hope this was helpful. Um, And if you need anything, never hesitate to reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.